back to Canary in a Coal Mine. I'm joined today by Evan O'Shan, who is representing Horace Anderson. Horace Anderson is the gentleman who lost his son, Lorenzo Anderson, in a shooting in the CHOP about a month and a half ago now, and is currently suing the city of Seattle for billions of dollars. Mr. O'Shan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So I know there's some things you can discuss because of, you can't discuss because of the case, and there's some things you can discuss, but what is pretty much the, the outline of the case? What's specifically the charges that, or rather the complaint, that Mr. Anderson has with regards to what happened to his son? So basically what we've done is we've put the city of Seattle, the county of King, and the state of Washington on notice. So it's, it's a precursor to a lawsuit um, or a complaint that, that will be filed. And primarily, I mean, just in a nutshell, uh, we believe that the uh, residents, uh, specifically Lorenzo here, was not um, being given a, a safe environment. And uh, it was made unsafe by uh, various uh, governmental officials and the government. Now, there's been some back and forth about what um, was happening that night. Some people said it was right-wing violence. Some people said it was gang violence. Has there been any updates from the police department about what exactly transpired that night that led to the shooting? Well, I understand there's an active criminal investigation going on, which we're, you know, completely cooperating with, but we're staying out of. That's, that's really not our issue here. Our issue here is safety. Um, this was an unsafe zone that was created. Uh, police precinct was given up. Um, it was viewed as the uh, summer of love, uh, which ultimately turned into the summer of blood. Um, multiple people uh, were, were killed um, either in or around the zone. Uh, it was just lawlessness. Is there any way, I know that from my experiences of dealing with the city, I unfortunately have had to file complaints myself before and stop just sort, short of a lawsuit for various different reasons, but is the, do you think that the public duty doctrine has any play whatsoever in a case like this? Is that something they can fall back on and say, oh, well, you know, we're covered by all this kind of stuff because we can pretty much do what we want? Yeah, we're, we're looking at that. Uh, we're looking at that as well as other uh, legal issues. What, what we're doing right now is we're in our, our pre-suit uh, discovery mode, I call it. So what I'm doing is I'm gathering information. What we're doing, uh, myself and my team, is, is gathering information, gathering uh, evidence which will help us understand what really went wrong here because you know we're getting bits and pieces like everybody else um, and then once we have that uh, we'll be able to better define our legal theories so basically right now you're just trying to establish the timeline and pulling video from Twitter it's kind of difficult that way what happened when when did it get posted versus what time it happened I mean I saw the video the videos that I've seen so far are the ones where the EMS crew was sitting outside the site didn't go into the site because according to Seattle procedure, the police have to secure the area first and the police were not being allowed in. And meanwhile, there's people yelling at the EMTs, you gotta go in, you gotta save the guy. And that's how we got. Is that pretty much a basic framework or has there been more that you can talk about since then? Well, that's, that's kind of the, uh, the basic framework. Um, you know, and what we've done is we've, we've put all the appropriate governmental entities on notice. Uh, and so we're giving them an opportunity to come back at us and, and you know, tell us what, what they think. Uh, so this period of time, the 60 days, this window is uh, allowing uh, the various government entities to come back and, and talk to us. And, and that's what we're waiting for. So I don't want to make a rush to judgment, uh, but we are preparing um, for the uh, event of filing a, a lawsuit if we, if we need to. 
Now, this is kind of an odd question. You may not have noticed it yet, but do you know if it was the fire department or medic one that was responding to what was going on in uh, that night? I don't recall exactly which one it was. Yeah, you know, at this time, we're, we're still doing our, our investigation. Okay, just wasn't sure because there's different procedures with regards to that. So I was just curious about that one specific item. Um, with regards to the complaint itself, are you, do you plan on, or, you know, if you can talk about it, is this something that you think that it'll most likely involve specific people by name, or do you think it's more likely to be something more about the agencies involved? Well, it's very possible. And, and that's what's so important about our pre-suit uh, discovery, our, our pre-suit investigation. Uh, you know, we don't want to make a rush to judgment. We want to do this methodically, correctly, and carefully. Uh, we don't want to name anybody or any entity that's inappropriately named. So you know, we're being very careful. I mean, this is obviously a very important case for many, many reasons. And uh, we want to be careful. We want to do it just right. Speaking a little bit more specifically, I just, as a father, it rips my guts out. Uh, one of the interviews I saw with Mr. Anderson said he needed to be there for his son and he couldn't be. Was there a custody issue here because I, I saw that Lorenzo was 19 years old when this happened. Was there a custody issue or something like that? Was he estranged from his son? Is this something you're comfortable talking about? Just because I'm trying to figure out wh why he was there that night so late at night. Yeah, what, what I can tell you is that uh, uh, Lorenzo's uh, father, Horace, uh, was uh, a very committed father. Uh, he took care of Lorenzo uh, from a very small age uh, and uh, he was very uh, you know, committed to him. Uh, the thing that was most concerning uh, for, for Horace was the fact that he wasn't able to see his son for almost a week, about a week. I mean, it was just, it was like he was left in the dark. Uh, the city didn't even reach out to him. In fact, uh, President Trump reached out to him before the city did, uh, which was strange. Um, he was a human being. It was his son. And uh, it, was, it was a horrible, horrible um, thing to go through. I can only imagine, I don't want to imagine. That's how horrible. I, I don't even want to think about it, but knowing people are telling you your son is dead and not being able to see it for yourself, you're going to have trouble accepting it. I think you not identify the body, not to be able to do, I can't, it's ripping my heart out even just talking about that. Um, our thoughts are with Mr. Anderson. Our thoughts are, are with the whole family at this time. We appreciate you joining us. Is there anything else you'd like to, you know, share with my audience that perhaps I didn't ask about, something you think might be relevant for them to know? Well, just that this is a, a, an important case because uh, it's, it's going to be uh, an example case, a case where uh, it's of a punitive nature. There needs to be a punishment here. This can't go on. Uh, it's uh, something that has uh, shaken uh, not only Seattle, but the uh, entire country is, is now being shaken. We need uh, to have um, a situation where we're being protected um, by the government. And uh, this just uh, can't go on. From your mouth to our politicians' ears, somebody needs to be held responsible for the violence that went on in the CHOP when they left the city and the residents and the businesses and your client's son unprotected. Mr. O'Shan, thank you so much for being with us. Best of luck with your case, and we will be back after a brief word from our sponsor.